back to the AMCAT Podcast. I'm your host, Travis Giard, and we are now entering Episode 8 here in the AMCAT Center on the campus of Anna Maria College. Today I'll be joined by head football coach Dan Mulrooney. Coach Mulrooney just completed his fourth year at the helm of the AMCATs. Uh, welcome, Coach. Thanks for coming in today. Yeah, thanks, Josh, for having me. This is great, and I'm excited to be here. Perfect. Um, I know this past year uh, has definitely been very difficult compared to tr- a traditional season. Um, I kind of want to talk about how it's been on you and your coaching staff uh, running practices and stuff like that with the amount of numbers that you have um, for the team and your roster. Sure. Yeah, I think, you know, overall, you know, I think it went as good as it could have, right? So obviously COVID has its own, you know, has its own problems and its own, you know, deficiencies there, but my staff really stepped up. So my staff is a special group of uh, guys that are really just part of my family. These guys are unbelievable. They stepped up. I mean, logistics, testing, masks, all the stuff that the school did too. You know, really proud of how everyone stepped up all together, um, especially my staff. I mean, we're a little shorthanded, you know, with a big roster size, like you said, and it can't just be me doing everything. And the staff did an amazing job of helping me with logistics. Our athletic director, Joe Brady, did a great job of helping me. It's always one of those things too where, you get new information every couple seconds or every oh, yeah. couple minutes with the governor saying a different uh, a different protocol or the school giving a different protocol or, or different people on the field. And um, overall, it went really well. How about uh, the challenges of kind of – because I know with the other sports that I've talked to so far, like soccer, like you can do things by yourself with the ball yeah, yeah. and like in your own space. But like football is – generally based more on contact close quarters how did that make doing drills during practices yeah it was it was unconventional yeah so it was uh you know we had to do a lot of things that you know were safe i think safe was the big word we used for everything that we planned and did um the pods were different you know starting in 10 people pods for a few weeks that we had to start with that and then obviously getting into it massachusetts still had that 50 person rule that we couldn't have more than 50 on the field the whole fall so that was tough um but you know we did the best we could i I think safety masks testing you know really made us feel better overall made our players feel better made the families feel better um and we got a lot better you know i I think like we'll touch on later but i think we did get a lot better we got a lot out of it even though it was limited and you know no contact and things like that but we did get better yeah i mean football is a different animal compared to other sports because like they're just so like into the sport and want to play and also want to compete at the highest level possible and that i would say like probably the news of not having a season might hit them a little bit harder than most sports especially in the fall like how did they um handle uh, those that news yeah the, the team was disappointed i would say that i think it's our job as a staff and our players and i'm really proud of our players student athletes did an amazing job well not just football but everybody I think spinning it to a positive direction is a huge thing that we do as a staff really well. Um, you know, there's no season, good, more time to develop. You know, there's right. only 10 people practice, good, you get more reps. You know, so always spinning it to a way of, you know, positivity and saying, at least we're doing something, right? And I think right. that's the hard part of running practices. But the kids, they want to play. They want to compete. They want to go out there and they want to run around. They want to hit people and they want to play a normal game. As a coach – it's just as devastating, right? Because you're prepped and, and this was a year that we finally had 21 seniors in the program and this was the year we were supposed to to jump to the next level to where I, I think this program can go. Um, and delaying that is just that. 
it's just delaying it, right? right? And it's right. just waiting one more year uh, to get those goals and, and those accomplishments for the for the players. But uh, you know, overall, our kids' spirit, their resolve, their their positive attitude. You know, I, we were shocked and how well they handled it. Um, they love being out there, even if it was just pods of ten. And you know, and I think our athletic director Joe Brady nailed it. You know, they're gonna have a good time, you know, no matter what. You know, right. they're just gonna be happy they're doing something. So, uh, I think it went well. All right. So you did mention that uh, you had 21 seniors. Um, how was that blanket waiver um, that just that was talked about by the NCAA a couple of weeks ago? How is that going to kind of affect your recruiting and your um, future plans? Yeah, I think there'll be a ripple effect for sure, um, and not just this class, but the class after, the class before, right. the next class. Right? <laughs> it's going to be throughout college football. It's going to be a, a different deal. Um, there's been a lot of you know, every every student athlete getting next year eligibility, where they want to go to grad school, where they want to get, you know, I think it's good for the kids. You know, I think, you know, getting, you know, as educated as you can when you're young, something right. that's great. Um, you know, but the opportunity in Division three is a little different than Division one with their scholarships and things like that. So right. we'll have a lot of seniors coming back for grad school more than ever before. So we're excited about that as a fifth-year player in a program. You're going to, you know, have a lot more experience there, which I'm excited about, which our sure. staff's excited about. Um, but those kids got to make the decisions that's best for their family too. You know, right. we're advising our players in terms of what to do and what programs are available. And, and, you know, I think that's the best part of our staff and, and what we're trying to do as a school is giving them the most realistic options. Yeah. No, I definitely agree with the education part. Cause like a lot of students don't really think about going to like the master's programs yeah. and stuff like that. And this might give a lot of students that wouldn't have thought about it, that little nudge to be like, Hey, complete yeah. that get the higher degree and sure i mean when you look at jobs and you look at we talk about jobs that i play all the time yeah and when you look at it and it says bachelor's degree required master's degree preferred i mean it's always good to check off more boxes as you go down the line oh, exactly you know yep. a lot of our job is not just coaching them on the field but it's also developing them to become better men and become better employees and husbands and fathers and those type of deals too so i think as much as it's devastating there's going to be a positive uh, note from from this right all right so now that we've talked kind of a what it takes a little bit to be a collegiate football coach. What kind of made you want to get into uh, the profession? <laughs> that's a that's a good one, but it's an easy one too. Right. I love football. I can't live without it, and that's I've known that since I was five years old. So you know, once you know, I played the game, got the ball, got the pigskin in my arm. I knew it was something that it, it's part of me. And when it was over, when my playing career was over, the next best thing was I had to coach. I started. I tried. At WPI, I started coaching with Chris Robertson, who's one of my best. I owe a lot to him. Um, I fell in love with how rewarding it is for the kids. Uh, you could really affect a lot of young men's lives right. on a daily basis, and you watch them become better men, and, and that's really why we coach here. Every staff member I hire, every person we have on the staff cares about our players, like more than anyone I've you know been around before. Um, and if you're doing it, not, and if you're doing it not for those reasons. You're doing the wrong thing. I'm not in this business to blow a whistle and scream in kids' faces. Right. That's that's not why I coach. Okay, I coach to make these kids into better men of character, and, and that's really you know what's I'm passionate about. Right. You know, I mean, winning games, we're gonna get there. It's just part of the part of the process here, yep. and you know, people have been very patient, and, and I'm you know thrilled about that. But it takes time in football. It's not like other sports, and um, we're showing progress every year, which is great. You know, we had our best conference record since 2011. You know, mm -hmm. we were very competitive in a lot of games that we weren't competitive in, in the past, and we're ready to we're ready to jump here. 
Awesome. What's your favorite side of the ball to coach? <laughs> That's easy for me. I'm a defensive coach. <laughs> as much as it's it's hard to see all these young coaches that are offensive minded and you want to be like, you know, the Sean McVay's or the, the guy in the Green Bay Packers or whatever. Um, I have a defensive mentality. You know, I think it's part of I think what makes me a good coach, too, is looking at both sides. You know, I've been leaning back towards, you know, studying both sides of the ball and special teams as well. But, you know, I think since the time I've been here, I've learned a lot, which is great. And, you know, I failed, too. You know, I think that's a big piece of it. You learn a lot through failure. And yeah. I think that's a big piece of, you know, development overall as a coach is having the ability to run a program the way I want to run it, too, without too much, you know, distraction was something that was promising when I took the job, too, to be able to do it my way. And I think that's that's a huge part. Awesome. So, real question: How did the team look this fall? Because I did see your seven v seven. They looked pretty decent on that. I know that's not the full eleven on eleven. Yeah, you sure. can't get the offensive line, defensive line. Um, but no, from what I saw from all the quarterbacks, yep. you had like six, yep. and the receivers looked really good. They were making a lot of good catches. Um, and even the defensive backs made some good plays. So it yeah. was, it looked very good. I didn't get to see a lot of the special teams. I saw that we had a lot of kickers. Oh, yeah. We, we um, the field kickers, goals yeah. did look good, though. They did kick those after touchdowns from, what was it, was it 35 or 40 yarders? Just oh, yeah. They could kick Made them look yep. easy. Yep. It was, it was good. <laughs> yeah. I'll go by position, I guess, and just talk about just yeah. overall how the team looks and, you know, going into 2020 and 2021. Um, overall, was, a, was able to evaluate a lot of talent especially with the newcomers. Usually a traditional season comes in and we go to football camp two weeks before and you have two weeks to prepare a team for a 10-week schedule, right. which is tough, especially when in the past we were relying on a lot of freshmen to compete right away, plug and play. Now we don't have to do that. Now we're a normal program. Now there's 21 seniors. There was you know, a little more right. you know, easier transition. But the ability to see the freshmen come in and not have to – really coach them, develop them, see who's coachable, see how talented they are. You could see that in seven on seven for skilled players still, right. how coachable they are, how they retain information, um, you know, how talented they are speed. There's a lot you can evaluate. We filmed, you know, we, we did a lot. We, we really figured out who's accountable and who we could trust as well. Even in the offensive defensive line, who's early to practice, right. who, who's, who's asking for study uh, film time, um, you know, who loves the game. Really, the whole our whole program is about kids that surround their life with football. And really, the, my formula how to win, I think, forever is open the book and say, surround yourself with, pe with people who can't live without football, and you could close it. It's not the 4-3 defense. It's not the spread offense. Right. It's not the, the special teams technique. It's having you know good people, and good things happen to good people, and it's people who care about the game. They love it, love it, love it. We're going to win. And we're close to getting 100% kids that love it. And the kids that right. don't, you know, <laughs> won't make it here. But that's part of the deal. By position, we brought in a, a couple transfer quarterbacks who are very talented. They have experience. Um, they're going to help us. They're going to help us at that position. As you know, NFL, Power 5, the quarterback runs the show. Yep. And a lot of those teams win loss-wise, right? So, yep. I mean, it's one of those deals that we've – We've had in the past, and you know, we still have some quarterbacks on the roster that are very talented as well, and that are progressing nicely with with Alex and some of the other guys that have been in, in the program. And we're still, in, they're all in the mix. I mean, we, the, the hard part is we didn't play any games. Right for the quarterback yep. position, you have to play yeah. in those in those competitive situations to know who's going to be the guy. And we have talent, we have talent there, and we have depth for the first time. Right. I was telling my offensive staff, you're only as good as your 
your backup quarterback. And that's NFL, Power 5, all that stuff. I mean, that guy's got to come in and win you a game. Like the Saints. Yeah, like the Saints. Yeah, he's got to come in and win you a game down the stretch, and it's it's important. Um, but the quarterback position, we're very talented, and I think it's deep, too. And, and, you know, I love those guys, and they've been working really hard. Skill-wise, we have talented, really, really talented receivers that can play, that can catch, that can run. Uh, running back-wise, same. You know, we brought in a good group of kids this yeah, year. Yeah, I didn't get to see much of that. Yeah, of the, no running game, yeah. but catching out of the backfield, things like that, yeah. seven on seven. And, again, accountability and trust with that group was really high. Um, Line-wise, we have a lot of depth for the first time. Offensive line. Huge. I did see some. Yeah, there's much bigger. Yeah, much yeah. bigger guys, yeah. you know. <laughs> guys that are more developed coming in right away that we don't have to develop that much. You know, I think the weight room stuff comes down the road. Um, with the line positions, it's not usually a freshman game. It's usually a junior-senior kind of game where they start to hit their stride. But we're, we're actually – we have a lot of depth to that position for the first time. And like you said, the kicking aspect, that weapon, in the Division three game, to have a kicker that can make consistent inside the 25 field goals is something that is a huge weapon in the Division three game. Because they usually – either go for it or and you've seen that with yeah. us in the past yeah. right yeah. We, it's fourth and nine on the 19 yard line and we have to go for it right? right and it's it's frustrating because you're missing point opportunities right you know and just, it's three points but it still can make a huge difference oh yeah right even right before the half we yeah. defer you get the double score things like that i mean we can't have those opportunities and now yeah. we have three four kickers that could play that could really kick and really you know are kickers not just a receiver who kind of kicks on the side (laughs) and coach Voorhees has been doing a great job with them and they have a great rapport um defensively we're fourth year you know under our scheme you know scheme hasn't changed and we've been getting better points per game wise you know since the time I didn't want to look at the first year the (laughs) points per game were a disaster but it's been getting better and it has been the standard we want but it's been getting better because they're the same kids are getting coached in the scheme right it's only going to get better. And we plug and played some – our defensive backs are very talented, especially at the corner position, you know, and that's a huge piece as you look at the yep. NFL and all those teams. Corners are, are huge. And then the defensive line, we have seniors. We have juniors. We have kids with experience, so that's huge. Um, our linebacker crew, we have some experience as well with some seniors um, that are high-level players. And, you know, you don't want to be – you know, depth-wise, you know, defensively, you don't want to be a high-wire act with no safety net, right, in terms right. of depth, right? You don't right. want to just be one one level of perfection with Absolutely. no safety net underneath. So our job is in the spring to develop the safety net for the for the high-wire act because, you know, defensively, like I said, you're only as good as your next guy in the game, and you have to be able to rotate. So um, I think the kids did great, you know, overall, developing, getting better. And what we're most – proud of as a staff was our goal was to create a better team culture and we did that and we were shocked about their resolve and their attitude because they were so positive and they did everything that we asked and um they got a lot closer which is great awesome so i guess i mean you kind of answered it but the question i've asked a couple people is how do you think the kind of the missed competition will affect the athletes because especially for you guys because you've got um, you were in the weight room often. You were doing all this stuff. Do you think that ended up being able to help them develop more than if you were to play a full season? Because like what you said with the freshmen, a lot of time you don't get a full yeah. like look at them, so they might not actually get the reps that they need to show you like, oh, he can actually, he can actually play. Yeah. Um, so do you think having this time to fully evaluate and also get them – to work on the more of the basic skills, more of the weight rooms, and develop that sort of stuff. You think that will help them in the long run, or 
that kind of possibly set them back because they didn't get that experience of gameplay. No, good question. And practice, in my opinion, never hurts. Right. So I mean, if you're practicing at anything, you become better at it, you know, through time. And if you do it consistently, you get even better at it. And I think practice is great, but you can't replicate game experience. Right. You know, and what gets you on the field fast as a freshman is game experience. And the way you get on the field early, usually as a freshman, is special teams, getting some game experience, getting a tackle on kickoff, getting a tackle on punt, um, being blocking on punt return, blocking on kick return. You're able to do that. Well, maybe you're able to play receiver too. Right, maybe you're able to start jumping in the game. We could be able to trust more. Our whole program's about trust, and obviously, missing game experience is huge. Even if it's some of our JV game opportunities, those are huge for our developmental players. Um, and you know, missing that is a huge you know piece. But also having them on campus, understanding our culture, understanding what we're trying to do, it's not going to hurt them one bit. And to be honest, for the freshman group, I told them all collectively together. I said, "This is the best thing that could have happened to you." Because it's literally you're redshirting, like at a normal program or at a Division One program, right. you're taking a redshirt freshman year. You're taking a million reps. You're lifting. You're getting to know our culture and our team rules and, our, and how we do things. And coming into your real freshman year, if you make it up as a fifth year senior, you're gonna hit the ground running, knowing yeah. the whole playbook, knowing how we work. You know, being able to get truly evaluated, knowing what we need to work on. You know, come fall 2021. So, um, I think for the freshmen, it really helped them. You know, because usually in two weeks to prepare them in camp, there's only three or four that yeah. really can play yeah. game one, right, talent-wise. And it's just strictly off talent. Um, but now there could be possibly more that we could see. You know, and a lot of kids impressed us talent-wise and, and how they develop. So, yeah, I mean, practice is great. Games are better. You know, <laughs> I guess that's kind of how it works. Yeah. Kind of the right answer there. All right. So, you guys, now that your season's done, you um, are more in the recruiting and yeah. – um, fundraising stage of everything. So do you want to talk about um, sure. what you guys are doing so far? Yeah, we're lasered in on recruiting. 2021 recruiting, we're focused. We're, uh, we're fired up about it. You know, we, like I said before, we want guys who love football. And we want guys who are dedicated to getting challenged on a daily basis to become better men. If that's who we recruit, we're going to win games here. And, and that's what we're looking for. And we're searching. And the best thing about what we're doing here now, Travis, is when I first got here three years ago, I was begging people to come to Anna Maria, begging them because we weren't, you know, there, there wasn't a, a tradition of, you know, what we're trying to build. Right. And now they're begging me. <laughs> right. So I'm, I'm yeah. looking at my Twitter and I'm looking at my emails every day and we built an attractive brand. And I think that's the first piece. Right. And now it's, you know, what are we going to do with that attractive brand? And we're close. And I, and I know, you know, Patience is not a good thing that college football coaches are good at. You know, right. time and patience is written <laughs> under my desk, and I have to look at that every day when I took over the program. But, and that's hard because we're not good at that as college coaches. We want to win now, and if you don't, you know, you're judged by wins and losses. But there's been progress, and what we're looking for in this year is we're looking for less. Like I said, we have 21 seniors. We're a normal right. program now. We actually have seniors, um, and they're all my kids. They're all my players that I recruited now for the yep. first time. So the time is now, and, and you know, I tell I tell the recruits now. For the last three years, if I was talking to you, I would tell the recruits, "We're rebuilding," and that's a cute word for losing. <laughs> okay, that, yeah. that, that it really is. Okay, yeah. and, and I don't have to say that anymore. Okay, we're built, and now that means you know, you're going to walk into a program that's built already. 
you know, wins, losses, they'll come, you know, they'll come if we deserve to win and if we practice hard enough. I tell my team all the time, I want to be the best practice team in America. That's all the only goal I make. I want to be the best practice team in America. The games take care of themselves. All right, and I think we're at the point now where we can make that happen, be a yeah. competitive practices. We have the depth to really do goal line and, and do, you know, live one one brief ones and do like competitive practices to make those situations real life. Right. Instead of not having the depth, but recruiting wise is going great. Coach Voorhees, our recruiting coordinator, and my staff have really done an amazing job in terms of finding the kids. We've obviously with the COVID protocols, not being able to have kids on campus all the time, and you know, really having to be safe is the first priority. Not being on the road is going to be a ripple effect. So yep. the virtual visits have been great. If there's any recruits listening, the virtual visits we've been doing a great job on. Um, I think we have a lot of fun. Number one with them, <laughs> and, and we have a lot of passion and energy for it, and. The best part about Anna Maria is not the the buildings. It's not the you know uniforms. Even though I think we have the best uniforms, um, <laughs> not the field. Even though I think our field's pretty legit, um, it's the people here, uh, the coaching staff, the athletic director, the, the faculty, the staff, yourself included. I mean, it's just people who care about you, and yeah. it's family here, and you can't figure that out unless you visit campus. But um, hopefully, they do. We'll, we'll we'll do just fine recruiting. It's going to be a talented class, and you know, stay tuned and follow us on social media platforms for announcements and and things like that. If you're listening, um, in terms of fundraising, we have an awesome opportunity coming up. It's different. Uh, it's a virtual comedy night. It's it's going to be a fun event. We're hosting it on December 18th at 7:30 p.m. Uh, basically, you sign up. It's $25 to sign up. You get a Zoom link sent to your uh, to your email an hour before the show starts, and there's four great comics we have: Vin McElhone, Angel Rentas, Bob Luparello, and Victor Ramos. Uh, they're gonna. It's gonna be a fun night, and it's COVID friendly. Everyone's looking for something to do during these times. <laughs> it's a Friday night. You know, you put your Zoom on, you hook it up to your TV, and you enjoy just a night like you watch it Netflix, except it's live. Uh, and it's fun. It's something you can do that's safe, and that's something to do on a on a holiday. You know, leading up to the holidays and supporting all MCAT football proceeds go back to our players and programs. Um, small programs need to fundraise and yep. you know it's just one of those deals where not being able to run summer camps and not being able to do the things that we're usually doing you know to give our players the best possible experience we're unable to do so this is going to be a this is open to the public this is just a fun night of you know laughs and just you know comedy and just at, you know hopefully get a family atmosphere you know logged in but if if you're willing we're going to put the stuff on the website and it's all ready to go so hopefully we get a lot of ticket sales we're about a third way sold out so it's going pretty well you know, we're raising a lot of money too for our program, so it's good. Awesome. Well, that's all I have for today. So thank you for coming. Okay, awesome. No, I appreciate it, Travis. This was great. I had a lot of fun. Um, ring the bell. Go Amcats. All right. And now I'll send it over to Brock for today's sponsor. Hello, Amcat Nation. This podcast is brought to you by the Amcat Club. The Amcat Club is where you can go to help out your favorite sports teams or the athletic department as a whole. You can find the AMCAT Club on GoAmCats.com under the Support Athletics tab. Now I'm going to send it back to Travis and the AMCAT Podcast. Thanks, Brock. That's all the time we have for today. I appreciate Coach Mulroney for taking time out of his busy day to come and chat. Thank you all for tuning in, and I hope everyone has a great weekend and holidays. I will be back at the start of the next semester, which will be in February. So I hope you stay safe out there and have a good one.